0: Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it.
1: This episode contains spoilers from Swordcatcher and mentions Game of Thrones, Shadowhunters, Germione, and Darker Shade of Magic. For full list, please see show notes.
0: everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Sword Catcher by Cassandra
1: Clare. And... It's, it's so interesting because there's so many different ways we can go into it. But I think before we get into the character breakdown and whether or not this meets the pattern, Laura, you've read this how many times? Two or three times now? Three times. And do you feel like that was essential?
0: Yes, I do. I do. And I also read it three times over two weeks. So I also do think that is important to note as well.
1: And I had the same amount of time, however... In true me fashion, um, did not read it that time because I got sucked into Jermione. Laura got me into another Jermione fic and we, you know, we've covered, we started covering it with Manacled. We'll get more into it, um, in the new year, but I made poor choices, <laughs> which resulted in a one-time read for Sword Catcher. Um, but it definitely could benefit from. A reread because of it's it's heavy politics, heavy fantasy building. Um, because it's a whole new world that we're we're visiting of Cassandra's.
0: Yes, it is. Now, Jess, did you find it easy to get sucked into this world, or did you struggle
1: a bit? Um, the prologue had me struggling, but once I got into the first two chapters, and you have to actively push out because we're also at the same time we're reading the last hours. Um, you have to actively push shadow hunters and any other pretense out of um your mind because we went into this not knowing much except it was her new foray into adult fantasy
0: yes her being cassie claire yeah i just okay before we before we start all all of this i just want to say i just want to say uh the the main character being named cal we all are aware of a darker shade of magic show uh, it was very distracting for me and then having our female main character lynn and in a darker shade of magic the female main character is also an l name it was it was just very like wow kind of on the nose and something that was like ugh, there are so many names cassie hmm. cassie <laughs> there are so many names
1: that seems to be an ongoing issue with authors like they have dictionary name like dictionary is full of name books like hmm i know and it's also like you know you don't want to compare and i'm
0: not trying to like shit before we even get started and that's not what this is about i am just saying i i had the time as i have stated and i went on reddit and i did i did i did the i did my due diligence here and a lot of people have an issue with these two main characters names being so similar to a very established well-known book series. So just getting that
1: out of the way before we even start, it bothered me too. And you've read a Darkest. I haven't. So I feel like that's that was immediately not even something I knew to compare. but clearly, I mean, it's a genre, fantasy is a genre and a lot of people they're you know, the some of the pipelines were really clear, and this is clearly one of them. Yeah.
0: So just, you know, we're all aware of it again. Uh, Cassie Claire, if you don't like her, do your research,
1: always do your research, always meet your idols. Okay. <laughs> that being said, we can get right into the episode by discussing if this book meets, you know, if, if the pattern works here, if anybody's not familiar with our segment, the pattern, it's basically, um, is the plot of the book outlined within the, the prologue and or the first five chapters of said read um, or media experience, as we've learned, because we've been learning this in some of the movies we've been watching. So, Laura, thank you for introducing us to this chapter. Do we, is the pattern work here? Yes, the pattern
0: absolutely works here. Oh, my gosh. Everything and, and the pattern is very lovely here. It's very delicious. Everything is given to us in the prologue. And uh, I say that the prologue on the audiobook is like an hour and a half. It's like fucking long as shit. So long. It's so, so long. long. It's so long. So this really long as fuck prologue gives us everything that we know or everything that we need to know to uh, figure out the entire book, right? Because <laughs> like when you reread it again, you're like, oh, fuck, it's all here. Okay, it's all of it. And it is. It is all, all of it. Okay, so what does the prologue give us? Right, it gives us Kel Jolive, and uh, introductions to this world, and I have Ben Simon Mayesh. Uh, it did take me the second reread to realize that Ben Simon Mayesh was the same part; like it was one person. It was one yeah. person. it wasn't like my
1: and ben simon yeah
0: yeah like lynn called him one thing and and they called him the other oh my god it was a whole thing i'm saying they i'm saying they just who are these characters before we jump into this
1: okay so some of our key we'll say key characters because in traditional cassie clare form there are a ton and we know that this is um an ongoing series we initially knew it was going to be a trilogy, but we've since been to her site and it says um, the Sword Catchers series. So who knows where that will lead us and how many characters we'll have. But some of our key players include Kel, who is a sword catcher, who is essentially the bodyguard for our Prince Connor. Um, We also have Mayesh, who is our... The grandfather of our female main character, Lynn, who is a physician. We have Miriam, who is our female main character's best friend, who has kind of like a long-term chronic um, sickness that we get into a little bit and kind of the reasoning of some of Lynn's choices in this book. We have Antonetta, who is a childhood best friend of uh, Kel. And we have Ragp- the, the, the Rag Picker King, who is also known as Andrian, he is kind of a Robin Hood of sorts of the kingdom. And we have Prosper Beck who is also kind of a kingpin of the kingdom who's wheeling and dealing and buying like and buying out other people's debts. So then people can owe him there's there's a lot of politics this is just the beginning we'll get more into the families some of the places and some of the backgrounds and some of the things I mean this is heavy world building but Laura take it' continue to take it away well this is heavy world
0: building so I also want to say that we're not gonna hit every single like plot point here like we're gonna we're gonna like skim this because I have 20 no I'm sorry <laughs> 19 pages of notes and that's ridiculous and it is just you know let's save our three and a half hour episodes for germini let's just keep that (laughs) as the standard and let's save let's save this you know let's keep this as tight as we can all right the prologue which does fit the pattern yes and it fits the pattern on so many levels and it also uh really sets up i think book two honestly um Everything in this one book sets up book two, which is, you know, which is a good fantasy, I guess.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And even like the excerpts, I know we were talking about this before we started recording. There's a difference in, and we've had this discussion on some books for us. These, of course, these are our, our opinions where sometimes a book can feel like you don't have to read the, the things that aren't in quotations, you can just read the conversation and there you go. That's the book. That's the plot. That's the story. Um, but everything was so necessary here. You needed the conversations. You needed the behind the scenes. You had to understand the politics. And even though this reads high fantasy, it simultaneously reads as YA, so you can still follow along with what's going Like It doesn't feel overwhelming.
0: No, it doesn't feel overwhelming. And it, that, I think that's important for you to say that too, just because you like read this by the seat of your pants this weekend. <laughs> <Free> um, <my laughs> like, whew. Um, and, and so for you to be like, yes, it, it is like an accessible thing, doing one reread, do like cramming it, you know, like I, I do feel like that's a good endorsement. Okay. Into it. Into it. Jollivey. Jollivey is going to the orphanage, the orphanage by the sea, uh, to go get a sore catcher. Uh, on the order of the king for Prince Connor. Jolivet chooses Kel. Kel loves the ocean. Kel is a child of Igon. Kel's happy place is a boat bobbing in the sea. All of this stuff. Like, there's there's gonna be something. There's gonna be something here. He's gonna be the reincarnation of Igon. There has there has to be. I'm just calling it fucking now. Um, and what happens here is Jolivet takes Kel, takes him to the palace, and And essentially throws him into palace life, gets him clean, and says, like, hey, shit is going down. You need to fill in for the prince. These are the rules. Eat as much as you want.
1: Don't make yourself sick. I like that little stipulation. (laughs) Because their kid's getting free reign. And he's a kid who's from an orphanage and it essentially is an audition it's an audition process to see um hey the the prince isn't feeling so hot can you fill in for him you kind of look like him by the way wear this necklace just you know just for good luck charm kind of thing while you do this because this is the necklace he always wears and he's like all right uh, sounds like a good time for one night outside of the orphanage what can go wrong and here here's the pattern
0: because sarth is visiting there is unrest in sarth uh it's onessa like the ambassador onessa who we have in the very end of the book she's here and she's talking about uh you know marriage artel grammont is there and it is he's talking about like oh my gosh you know um Antonetta, you know Antonetta, she's just too clever. She's too smart. You know nobody really likes a smart girl. Antonetta, you know maybe you need somebody to like be a little firmer with you, Antonetta.
1: Okay. We love Antonetta. We'll we'll say that well, right yeah. now.
0: <laughs> we we adore we adore her. Um, there's also right here at this table, uh, talk about the rag picker King and how he like poisoned all of his dinner guests and how he like kind of controls the city and that there's uh, like a, a, is there a relationship between him and the palace? Cause it does kind of see, and the King's like, he doesn't threaten me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it's all, it's all right here to kind of see like the threads that are going on, especially um, because Artel Gramont is here in person and we do not have him again for the rest of the book. He is just this like threat that is, is like interwoven in this really complicated tapestry that is this plot. And it, it's, it's just really interesting. So it, I also predict that the characters that are not here physically in book one will play a huge part in book two. That being Artel and Josette, uh, Lynn's brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because so there, so also what's important about the prologue is that it's the, it's, I don't want to say it's a prequel. It's, it's exactly what a prologue is because you get the history of when they were all kids. I think that's what it is because chapter one, you kick off like 10 years later, more or less, um, of like, here we are now because you also find out in the prologue, hey, this isn't an addition. Do to net, which you knew it was going to happen as you're as you're reading the prologue. You're like, oh, they're like, oh, I'm, he's like, I'm ready to go home now. And I go, oh, sweet child, you're not going anywhere. Um, But it's all it's also interesting. I think you get a an, an idea of the type of prince that Connor is because ever his family was set on him having a sword catcher but he but his stipulations were he has to be he has to have he has to f- come from like an orphanage. He has to come for, he do- can't have family. I would never want to put that on somebody. I wouldn't want to take that person away from somebody. These are my stipulations. And you couldn't, and this is also like, I know I'm flashing forward a little bit, but again, another character statement is when Kel gets hurt and he, and the whole, the only concern that the kingdom had and, and the Royals had was, well, if he has a limp, like he's not going to be a good sword catcher because he does it. He can't mimic our son. And Connor right away, he goes, well, then I'll break my own leg. Then we'll both have like, what about that? And I feel like that's a testament to their relationship, because honestly, it's more than just a role between the two of them, which yeah. is why I really thought it was going to go Achilles and Patroclus route.
0: Well, yeah, they sleep in the same room. They, they, they continue to sleep in the same room. They do everything together. They have the same clothes. Uh, it really, it really could have gone that way, but it, it does not.
1: It does not. It goes a different way. At it least goes, for book yeah. one.
0: <laughs> yeah. At least for book one, it goes a completely different way. But yeah, that prologue gives us all the plot because it also gives us like charter families and like who's kind of important there and kind of the history of the city and what is going on. And it's, it also, you, Jess, you're so right. It shows like Connor's like, you know, these are daggers. Do you like daggers? And Kel's like, I don't fucking know my guy. And Connor's like, I don't know what you like. I'm trying to convince you to stay. Like, stay with me. I, I like and, and and Kel's like, all right. What you got? What you what you got? I, I really like it. I like Kel a lot. A lot. Um, and Jess, as you said, chapter one flashes forward, like I guess thirteen years because they're ten yeah. there and they're twenty-three here.
1: Which is you know what? No, I'll hold it to the end of the episode because I know it'll go into a different discussion um, about YA and adult fantasy. Um, But do you feel that chapter one and chapter two, I mean, it is the intro. We get background of Kel and Connor's relationship in the palace. Um, you get this whole, I'm going to make a speech to the kingdom. And this is what's in at the same time, in chapter two, we almost have a Lynn POV of what's going on in the market from the little people of said speech because she's running through. She's with her best friend, Miriam. And this is where we find out, um, more or less, that there is a strained relationship because here Lynn is. She is a physician. Um, it should be noted that she is a female physician. Th- physician and healer and she is not looked kindly on because she is a woman in this knowledgeable role um it is a very patriarchal society um and she has a strained relationship with her grandfather mayesh who is the consort not consort like the advisor to the king and um i think like She holds it against him because her parents died, um, as, you know, fantasy books go and her grandfather is why her and her, but her and her brother are separated and her grandfather never lived with them. Like they had to go live in their own places while he got to sit nice and pretty with the royals. And she holds this against him. So she's very bitter, very resentful as she's seeing him on this pulpit in a way. Yeah.
0: And, one of my one of my favorite like little things here is is because because they're running like this right. Lynn and Miriam mm-hmm. are walking through the city because they are Ashgar and they have to get back to their section of the city before night falls because they are like sectioned off. It's a whole thing. Um, and then Connor and Kel are like, you know, getting ready to give their speech and they have to switch. And while they're in the carriage, Connor and Kel, like getting ready to give the speech or whatever. Um, Mayesh is like giving them like pages of like future brides, right? Cause Connor, this is the <laughs> pressure again of Connor to get married. And again, the first princess that is proposed is the princess from Sarth, the princess from Sarth, Uh, It's she's It's right here. And then we and then we also have like Sarth used to be the capital of like the whole fucking thing. And like they want to take it back. Like
1: there's no war in Sarth now. (laughs) And and I I, oh, man, the second they said like there's no war, I was like, there's going to be a (laughs) war. There's (laughs) Yeah, it's like, like there's <laughs> absolutely gonna be war. Like, there's gonna be, but,
0: but here, Connor is looking through the princesses, and he's like, "Oh my god, she has red hair." I fucking hate red hair. And then he ends up so like, you know, completely heads. obsessed with Lynn. It's just so funny. It's so funny. But it is, it is in this little carriage ride that we have all of. The politics, like Kitani is an island, you know, nation with spices, and Falcon A holds that charter. She's got a beautiful princess. Balmani and Valgasi have tension, right? And then there's a Monty Python uh, kind of nod here, talking about like vast tracts of land, and Kel and Connor are like, oh, that's that's what they call it these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a very, it's it's Monty Python. It, it's just, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, and then we have like. The the world building just you and I discussed it before we started recording, but the world building here, assuming that the Magna Calardis the empire is like a Roman Empire situation that they that all of these uh, kingdoms declared independence from. So assuming that um, they are giving the speech in Valerian Square, which is just like very Game of Thrones. Oh, I thought that too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very Game of Thrones, but then they're like in the Loggia, which is like Roman, you know, so it's very mixed, uh, kind of cultural situations that are going on, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's like a big city, you know, whatever. And they also like, there is a map and it says like, you know, north is the telly, west is the, the complicate, south is the, uh, justicia you know east is a uh, arch to nowhere it's like okay okay um but that is where cal sees the ragpicker king and because cal's like feeding orphans and then the orphans are like the ragpicker king is here and then cal in the back of his mind is like huh the ragpicker king is here well shit but also i'm bringing all of this up because it is all part of the pattern all of this right here um <laughs> The reason that Kel and Connor have to switch places and Kel has to put on the talisman and become Connor and give the speech that Lynn and Miriam see is because a dock worker had a crossbow strapped to his back and he was walking through where they were giving the speech. And that is illegal. You cannot go to a speech armed flash to the end fucking spoiler it's a crossbow that takes fucking everybody out so like it's it's all it's all
1: this is all you know which is why like yeah and i i mean if you're listening like so all the spoilers for this fuck. but now like I'm thinking about it for the end, he sees the first crossbow and then he goes, but there's two, somebody was going to, so that's when he ran back inside. Cause he's like waiting for that second crossbow to hit Connor when he's thinking about there's somebody supposed to be hitting Connor because he was supposed to get Connor at the thing in chapter yep. one.
0: Yep. In chapter oh, one. Also, in chapter one, it's just kind of like casually dropped here that Jolivet, by order of the king, has permission to restrain Connor and like hold him down. That is all right here. Oh my and- God. And he does.
1: The, uh, uh. It, yep. Literally. Yep. I'm so happy you did a reread. Were you like this the second, like when you reread it, you were like, ah. When I reread it, I was just like, oh oh it's all here because <laughs> it's there's pay there's immediate you know how sometimes you go into book two and you're like yes there's payoff like the second reread of the same book is even like there's so much payoff right from chapter one yeah there's so yeah oh my gosh it, that's like eternal sunshine is like that too yeah,
0: yeah, it, it's just oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. Uh, so, so after this, after this, uh, the successful speech from the boys, they they go off to the brothels to fuck off because, like, why not, right? Like, why not, why not? Um, but Jess, as you were saying, like, uh, Lynn and uh, Miriam have the opposite situation here. Uh, they have to take the royal carriage back to their situation, um, their home, because Miriam passes off.
1: What? Well, yes. She passes out, but it's not like they just took the royal carriage home. This was in the middle of the crowd. Her grandfather is overseeing what's like he sees from above and the royal carriage. So he basically sends the royal carriage to bring them back to salt. And he and they're like, no, we're going to take a pass. And they go, this is by order of the, you know, the advisor. And then they were just like, "Okay, well, we might might as well. Life is so hard. But you can tell that Lynn is the type of person where she just wants to cut her nose to spite her face um because she because she's earned everything she's had to fight for everything and connor's mom points this out to her too later she's like you are a woman you've had to work twice as hard to get half the credit i like you and i know how you work
0: connor and kel like a redhead we just we just need to like be so clear on that because connor's favorite or no no i'm sorry Kel's. Kel's favorite escort is Scylla and she's a redhead. Um, and these boys, these boys do their business at the brothel. And you know what? What, what can you say? What can you say? Nobles are having a party. Kel goes to a secret meeting in the library with Alice's poisoner brother and gets all the tea pretty, pretty much on what's going on. And Connor, Uh, gets told by Alice that somebody's buying up all his debt, and Connor, in typical boy fashion,
1: puts his hand through a window. (laughs) I thought of you exactly. It's like, what what do we always say? Boys will do anything but go to therapy. (laughs) It's
0: like, come on, Connor. It's like, ba-bam! And that that pulls Kel out of his secret
1: meeting, where he's meeting with, um, what's his name? Marin? Marin. right? Yeah, Yeah. Marin is Alice's brother, and... Alice doesn't know what who Maren is wheeling and dealing with, um, who is the Ragpicker King, um, and this part is so interesting because he's because he gets the notice. He gets the notice. Hey, Connor needs you, Cal, and he's like, "Crap! I thought I was gonna have like hours to get this information." Um, but this is where eventually we really find out that um, that Connor. You know, like you said, punched glass shards is in this catatonic state and he's more upset with himself because everything somebody bought up his debt and everything is legal about it because he was he's like, I, I can't do anything. I can't say anything. But this is, quote unquote, this has always been the way this is always how we've done things. We've always kind of borrowed and bartered and traded with the intent to, you know, what what's credit. Yeah, like a yeah, that's what it is. It's a credit situation because and somebody just kind of beat him to it but took all of his debt. So now there's only one person who who he has to pay to. Yeah, and and
0: it's it's a lot of drama for Connor and Connor is a typical boy and he handles this in like typical boy, you know, fashion.
1: He doesn't ask for help and he gets screwed over yeah, multiple times. Yes.
0: Yeah multiple times and like all he had to do was like follow certain he's the okay well okay we'll get to it we'll get to it we'll get to it uh we we get some world building in the brothel like we get joss falconet he's got the spice charter uh Monfocon is textiles and then we have the beautiful subplot of um kel kel trying to make the wonderful gorgeous blonde etanetta um jealous, right? He's like, why am I scandalizing her with kisses? And I love that Cal sees her in the brothel and is like, why is she here? Who invited her? And then he, every time Cal looks at her, he remembers their childhood. So Mm -hmm. we get, like, childhood backstory every time. And essentially every time, it's just like she's acting a certain way now. I wish she acted the way that she was, until Kel realizes, like, oh, damn, she's been playing the long game
1: the whole time and I've just been stupid. Yes. And I mean, I, I'm sure part of it was just, like, to appease her mother. Oh, to a next, huge part of you it. Know, yeah. Just to be like, it is easier to just do this thing that she told me to do than fucking argue with it. And and that's what it was, because there was a childhood crush from both of them, from both of them. Because even later at the end of this book, she's like she she says a comment. She goes, oh, like when we did when we were kids. But I don't I don't think you would remember something like that when we were kids. And he's like, I've obsessed about us since we were kids my entire life. Yeah, my entire life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, So, you know, we we love
0: that entire I I like that whole subplot between the two of them. I think it's very sweet. And I do like Kel. Uh, realizing that like you know he he viewed everything a certain way and like she viewed everything a certain way and like he was really wrong and she's really been wonderful this whole time and learning a different set of skills
1: that he didn't think was important, you know, like I, I love that. Which, you know what it's so because then there's even a line in here that um Kel is internally quoting Mayesh saying, um, like when you're in certain political conversations that there is a form of etiquette that it's that is is its own armor and you follow these rules because it's it's just like it's not just a formality it's playing the long game and again that's what Antonetta has been doing this entire time
0: this whole time it's just, oh it's good it's it's very good it's very good uh let's see Marin. Marin is a uh university student he works with the rag with With the Ragpicker King. Uh, He's a poisoner. He has information. You know, they want to talk about Prosper Beck, this whole thing. Uh, He drugs the wine, gets a true serum. Kel plays into that. Love that for Kel. Uh, They are talking about, and this ties into the end of the book too, the poison that killed the palace guard so that plays in all plays into the rag picker king subplot with kel and then uh kel essentially has a meeting that he didn't know he needed with the rag picker (laughs) king when he gets pulled out you know he gets pulled out they're like hey connor's waiting for you on the street and kel gets on the street and there's nobody there and then it's just like fuck you into the carriage and i love it. it it was very um this carriage scene with uh uh what's her name what's her name Gian? Gian. Gian, the ragpicker king and Cal was very cruel prince to me, right? With the dagger to the throat and like, and like grabbing the dagger to
1: get the to counteract the poison. Which is so funny because in that moment they were like, What are you gonna do that for? And he was like, Aha, I know you gave me a truth serum and to counteract that I need to be in pain. And you know my gripe with this, because I talked about it I spoke about it in the hostab episode. As of right now, we know that the rag picker king is um he's the enemy. Why are we telling our enemy the shit that we know? Like it's just where my mind went. Yeah, for real. And then the ragpicker king is like, "Well, you're a sword catcher, though. You're a sword catcher." And Kel's like, "Yo, shh, that's shh. also really funny because you're terrible at your job, sir. Because again, maybe it just speaks to being um, firstborn daughters, but you you commit to the bit. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, come on, come on. Uh, but but he
0: but he doesn't. He's like, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> He's essentially like, I know everything, (laughs) whatever. And, 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 uh, the ragpicker king is like, yo, basically, spy for me. I got this rival coming after me. Figure out where he's getting his funding from. Like, we can work together. Like, the palace and me, we have a relationship. Like, you know, you know. And, and Kel's like, you know, actually, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck this.
1: He says, and he says no. The entire book, because as it starts to unwind that, like, more people know who he is and more people find out that he's like, how how are you having all these different alliances in a way? He goes, I don't know anybody. They want me. I don't I'm not asking for any of it, but they're very persistent. Yeah, it's like uh, mm, mm, mm.
0: Uh, I I like I like that, uh, Connor is like so drunk when he's punching this window that he's like, I don't know, Cal. I think I have to marry now. <laughs> I think I have to. I've made a mistake. I've made a lot of mistakes. It's like, okay, okay. Um, then, you know, the POVs, it's Connor, it's, uh, Cal and Lynn, Lynn, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, this little detail of Lynn taking care of old pirate Sophia, that's going to come back. That's going to come back. And that's going to be related to Cal. Just wait. Just wait for that.
1: <gasps> oh, because of the Water Association.
0: Yeah. Just wait for that. Uh, we have our introduction to Petrov. Petrov. Uh, Petrov's a very sweet man. Essentially just a traveler, has a stone, slips it into Lynn's pocket when he sees that uh, his time is up
1: essentially yeah he he knew what it was and he and and what does lynn say about petrov she says that he kind of saw himself as a godfather and um and he gave and he gave he trusted her and it it, it reminded me of the rag picker king when he wanted lynn to do something for him and she she's a smart girl because she has the stone and he goes you have the stone and she's like look I'm not here to fuck around. You want the stone? We okay. you take it. And he was like, Why would you do that? She's like, I know who you are. I'm not about this shit. And you're I'm I'm out. Have it. I I have no my skill set is not connected to that. And he goes, mm, I think you're wrong. I, you're I believe wrong. that you don't think that it's connected to that talisman. But I'm gonna give you all the resources and tell you what you need to find. So we can start getting you connected to the magic. Now, I think we should know that magic is mentioned a lot. Magic is also mentioned that it no longer exists. But in this entire book, we do not see magic. So the setup is there. Yeah.
0: So setup is there. It's there. It's there. Uh, also, also setup. Also setup. Uh, we have uh, there's a party at the t- at a tower. You know, Connor, all his friends are there. Antonetta is there. Uh, Kel is there. You know, whatever. This is where we get the story of Kel getting his heartbroken at Antonetta's coming out ball. Uh, all of that. Um, this is also where we get the story of like we were fifteen. I asked her to be my bandit queen. You know, I gave her the ring. Uh, you know, all all of that. Ever
1: that. Uh, We get all of that. And her mom found out. This is where her mom was like, you can't get shit by me. You think I don't know what's going on. Don't associate yourself with people like him. Like, Mm -hmm. you're out. And And she literally stopped talking to all of her friends. Exactly. And then
0: when Kel kind of sees her at this coming out ball, he's like, hey, like, what's up? She's like, you know, we're not in the same class. Like, different things are important to me now, Cal. Like, we're not kids. Oh, like, such a bitch. Like, go make something of yourself. Oh, twist the dagger. Right. Um, but like, you know, these are all just like memories that Kel has as he's like floating in on this party and like watching, you know, Rovers, <laughs> Um and, and it is at this party where we have the setup of the ink and dye fight that is going on. Roverge holding the ink charter. He's like, yeah, like this family, like they didn't pay their tithe, whatever. Like we fucked them up. And that is going to tie into the explosion at the very end of the book. And that setup is right here. Um, We should say that there are chapter or like sections of this book that are excerpts from like a different book I, it's hard to explain. It's um, like a like a I Would you say it's like a a history book? I would think so. With the
1: time, like a, a t- the times of yore.
0: Yeah, well, it was the Book of Judah Makabe. So I guess that would be like a slightly
1: religious text. In yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a religious text is a better reference because they talk about like the goddesses and how like the the story of the goddesses. Well, not yeah. just one, but like the gods in general. And.
0: I'm bringing this up, specifically Judo Maccabe and these books, you know, references that are scattered throughout in between the chapters of this, which is done very nicely. Um, Lynn has, an, like, dreams, dreams of the goddess and her story with Suleiman, but also this first dream that she has here is of Judo Maccabe, which is why I'm bringing this up, and it's him throwing a book into the sea, you know, curse you, brah, brah, and, you know, all, all of this stuff. Um, but that, that in the cave, you know, hermit, all of this, that is her first dream. And it's from there that it kind of goes on into like Suleiman and, and that story. But that payoff, like she's got to actually be right. She's got to actually be the goddess, right? That payoff is too good. It starts here and it ends with her being like, yeah, fuck. Yeah.
1: It has to be true. At, is this the point where you speculated to think she's going to be the goddess? Yeah. I was like, yeah. why are you having these dreams? What is this about? Yeah. And they talk about, like, the return of a goddess. And you're just like, oh, it's going to be Lynn. It has
0: to be. It has to be. And if it wasn't, then it was going to be, uh, like, Miriam, Miriam. And she yeah. was going
1: to, like, it was going to be some, like, weird... Like, that would have been her reincarnation from, yeah. like, her chronic illness, right? Yeah, Yeah. 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 So... We're, we're
0: we're saying that we're saying that um while Lynn has these dreams she finds Petrov's stone she calls it Petrov's stone and then eventually she calls it her own I, I really i really like that i really like that um we also get the story scattered throughout this whole book of the sorcerer kings and and like what magic is why it is gone cuz magic is gone and uh the, the story of the stones I'm actually I'm looking at it. Um and, and like Suleiman, one of the sorcerer kings, invented source stones and you fill them with your own power. And that's like kind of the thing that Lynn has to deal with from now on. Is like sometimes she can use this source stone to like do stuff and she can like see equations and like numbers and she knows what that stuff is. It's like magic, but she can't like Access it, and she can't like power it up really. Um, but it is in these pages that we, the reader, get where it's like, well, you could just kill somebody. <laughs> you could do it that way, you know. That's what the Sorcerer Kings did. Is they just like mowed down people and like took all of their life energy and put it into the stone so that they were powerful. It's like, oh, well, that's interesting. I guess. Damn. Huh. Jess, could you do any of these uh, chamber meetings? Any, any of
1: these meetings with any of these charter families? No. I, I mean, I think we're both – like, you're really good, actually. You have a really good poker face because you, you handled me with grace with every book that you've introduced me to. Like, oh, interesting. Um, My face will tell it all. I feel like I'd be rolling my eyes. I, I just I don't have the patience for po- I don't have the patience for parent politics. And I've learned that with my niece and her friends. So, like, how could I deal with it with real politics?
0: <laughs> yeah. And like, so what What this is, is like the queen says, like, hey, you know, Con- Connor, go to the go to the dial chamber meeting. And Kel's like. Yeah, I gotta go too. And basically, it just sets up our politics. Grammont is asleep all the time. He needs to abdicate, but his son is exiled. Nobody knows why. Why is he exiled? Nobody knows why. Um, but here we have talk about Sarth, marriage, right? Uh, you know, marriage is decided by the council. Sarth again. Oh my God. Yeah. Sarth again. Uh, there's bandits. Uh, there's, um, Paper ties, die ties, uh, Antonetta, you know, why, Kel's like, why is Antonetta playing so dumb? This is where King Marcus appears. This is where Kel and Connor are so uncomfortable with King Marcus. And this is where King Marcus, with his astronomer, Faustin, is like, destiny, like the gods are speaking through the stars. Like we, the ruination of Castorlay is coming up. Like all, all of this stuff. And essentially just embarrasses the fuck out of Connor. Um, because the king is supposed to be like some recluse academic, but it's they think it's madness, and if it's madness and it's hereditary, and then Connor will get it too. It's all just very uncomfortable energy.
1: I didn't even like. I feel like I'm learning more about this meeting hearing it through you because I was like, oh, that is that connection. Because I was wondering why he was so recluse, like. Because the king himself was in and out of not just this meeting, but throughout the thing. So I never took it that he had this madness. But again, that could have just been me, you know, powering through. But it's it's it, it could go
0: either way. The way that I take it is that something happened to him that traumatized him in the court when he was a kid, and, like, Faustin saved him
1: and then kind of manipulated him the whole time. Yes, because, I mean, even at the end, Faustin says, like, he goes, oh, oh, I'm not not at the end, when they have that huge family dinner where he's just like... I've known you. I saved you. Why are you putting me in the trick? And the trick is like the chokey, basically, is how I'm yeah. seeing it. Um He's like, I I'm not lying to you. This is what the stars are saying. So like to be the like the I, I don't wanna see Jafar of, you know, with the Sultan, but he's like, I know you, like, it's the political machinations it's that's the thing it's high politics it's high fantasy um and we say fantasy even though there's no magic yet but like it's high politics right now and everybody and everything is um is at like is at play and is a threat yeah if things don't go exactly how we believe them to go and obviously that shit hits the fan a lot (laughs) again it does now is this the part where um we have the moment where um kel goes out and gets attacked by crawlers like while this meeting is happening he's getting attacked by crawlers and then dumped in front of the castle yes this is after this meeting okay because
0: connor connor smashes the cup and they, they, you know, father's mad. I'll be mad, too. Like, you know, the king always wears gloves. There's this whole thing with the fire. Uh, We have uh Lynn. We have just a little bit of timing. One month to the goddess festival. So from this moment, from when King Marcus shows up in the dial chamber meeting to the end of the book is one month. So God. good to know for all of us. Good to know. Good to know. Um, So let's see. While this is happening, Lynn goes to... Petrov to give him the stone back finds out he's dead and the landlady sold his books and yeah um Cal buys a sailor snack buys a sailor snack hmm? cuz he's on his way to Marin's apartment so yes Jess he's on his way to Marin's apartment he goes to Marin um they have their you know you're the sword catcher here's the poison here's the antidote you know, and then Marin drops his, a little bit of lore. My father was a guildmaster. He's dead now. Ah, wow, all this stuff. Um, you know they everyone, you know, all the nobles will kill or turn on you. You know, and this is where Kelsey, oh, yeah, like, because I he's, trying- I
1: could kiss him <laughs> because he's the rag the ragpicker king is trying to say, um, why, why, what is your loyalty with these people? Because this is again the second time he's seeing Andrian, and he's like, they dump you so fast. Like, you have no idea. And that's where um, he's saying, like, I'm not loyal to them. I'm loyal to Connor. I'm loyal to yeah. the prince. And here's why.
0: Yeah. And here's here's why. Bam. Um, but yeah, this is where when Kel leaves, he's attacked by Jared and the crawlers because they think he's Kel. And this is where Jared just, like, spills all the beans. <laughs> he's terrible. He's a terrible. He's, yeah, he's He's a terrible sword catcher. For real, gosh. It's just like, okay, okay. Um, but this is where uh Gian saves uh Cal shoots you know shoots arrows, whatever. And Cal gets hit and john dumps him in front of the palace. And and um, you know, and Mayash takes him up to Connor's room and then Mayash gets in the carriage and hauls ass back down to the salt, which is where all of the Ashgar live, to get Lynn. Lynn, meanwhile is like, what? Really? Now? Seriously? Okay. Because Oren... Orin, little asshole, is like, you're (sighs) needed at the gate. Somebody needs you at the gate. She's like, shit, okay. Um, But then she goes up
1: to the palace and has to deal with fucking Kel. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and then she's she's also being beckoned by her grandfather, which, again, we mentioned that they have a strange relationship. But in this time, she also found out that she's like, he never wanted me to be a physician. He was rooting against me this whole time. And somebody checked her memory. They were like, actually... He said you could be whatever you wanted. He didn't mm-hmm. support you, but he didn't not support you. So, yeah. and he knows that she's the be- best. Like he's not just calling her because, I mean, this is her own self doubt that she's working on too, but he's calling her because she's the best. And so she goes up to the, the castle. Um, what did I have? Lynn is beckoned to fix Kel. And then Connor's like, thanks. He's my bestie. Uh, here's my payment. And she's like, what the fuck is this? I I could I can do Jack. Do you know who I am? I'm Ashkar. If anybody sees me with this, I'm going to jail. If I try to trade this for anything for money, I'm going to jail. Nobody's going to believe this. Like keep your shit. I don't want to owe you anything. And he's just like, "You uh Ego bruised. you can never come back to my palace." Yeah, you you can't go back. I'm going to ban
0: you from the grounds. You're you're a difficult woman. <laughs> I don't wa- <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And, and Lynn does successfully heal Cal because she hears a voice that's like, use me. And, uh, she feels a sting, uh, when she touches the talisman when she's healing, uh, Cal. Of course, Cal confesses everything. You know, it was the crawlers, blah, blah, all this, you know, love it, love it. Maesh also spills it all to Lynn. He's the sword catcher. All these men telling all these secrets. My God.
1: They can't, I mean, this is the worst kept secret at this point.
0: Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Uh, It it really is. It's, it's so funny. Um, and it is, and here is funny too, because, uh, Maesh and Lynn are going back to the salt this way. And then the ragpicker king and his carriage are like going this way because he's picking up Jian from dumping off Cal. So it's like, <laughs> Woo, and they're like, Woo, and they don't actually. It's, it's just, it's very funny. It's very funny. Um, this is also where, uh, Lynn dreams of a starless sea, right? And flames. It's all, you know, burning all of this stuff. Um, the story of Aram, Queen Adasa and Suleiman that is interwoven here is very interesting. It is why, like, you know, magic is not here anymore. Um, I think that is just better served if we just do it all at once at the end. Okay. And just, like, because, like...
1: Yeah. There's pieces of it everywhere. Yeah. But this is also where Kel is catching Connor up about, like, look, I've kind of been... Everywhere. This is what's happening with Prosper Beck. Like this is why I got attacked. They thought I was you. Realized I wasn't you. And what the fuck is going on? This is where. This is where Connor finally tells Kel. So my debts. Um, I owed a shit ton, and I owed ten thousand, ten thousand whatever of gold. Um, to Beck. And what did it put? I go, politics, 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 and everything is legal. That's why he's so bad. But this is where Kel finds out. Like, what are you hiding from me? Because I keep getting attacked. Yeah, he keeps getting attacked. And poor
0: Cal is not able to sleep really well during this time either, because Cal is hearing... F- phoenix screams in his dreams and he you know he has dreams where connor stabs him in the heart and of connor killing him and then um this is all what he's like trying to wake up and then when he wakes up he's like oh i'm awake i'm alive and he remembers lynn and uh, this is again um the confrontation and um the part of it being legal and they're like somebody had to like tell him to do this like he didn't just like come up with this on his own like there, there's somebody else like going on um i love when lynn goes to the black mansion
1: right because lynn is like all right all right let's, let's do this i like that gian tells lynn don't do x y and d and lynn does exactly the opposite <laughs> don't call him a criminal don't call him this oh so you're a criminal yeah, you're a
0: mastermind. You don't like these things. <laughs> you don't um, want me I, to say why? Because
1: I just think she's so funny.
0: It it's 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 so great. It's also so good, um, because Lynn has had her source stone like put into a brooch. Like, it's you know, it's very proper now. It's very, we love it. We love it. We love it. Um, but it is like, John just like fucks off. And is like, Hey, stay here. Stay here in this black mansion that you've never been in. Don't wander around. It's not tempting at all. And this is where we get the plot, the plot thread that ties to the end where um, uh, the rag picker King is talking to, to dude. Yeah, to dude. And he's like, yo, I need this black powder. I'm going to blow up all these ships in the harbor. I'm going to I'm gonna take them all out. And then he's all, like, my family's not here. It's just me. Like, this is a vendetta. Like, I'm taking them out.
1: And Lynn is just like, yo, what is I'm- this? I'm here and you remember because Gian said don't move. So you have Lynn not moving, looking around, but not moving. And Andrian and Ciprian are just like, oh, we, we have company. And she's just like, I was just doing what I was told. I, I'm here because Gian brought me right here to this location. I heard basically everything you said. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like I heard everything. And then the Rock King is like, ah, whatever, whatever. Here, come to the lab. Come meet Marin. Like, let's, 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 let's talk. Let's talk. Here's some magic papers. Kazmuna, let's talk about Kazmuna's book. Let's talk about working with magic and science and awaking your stone. And Lynn is like, yeah, let's talk about that. Interested? interested
1: she's so into it and when they when i can't remember maybe it was calif they were like well how did he get you roped into this and she goes he promised me a lab i can do whatever i want with my own lab and they were like don't you get that and she goes i am a woman and i'm ashgar i absolutely get jack shit they don't even give me access to anything by having my own lab i can do basically all of her you know, her Her, I want to say freelance freelance, but that's not what it is. She's getting to do all of her experiments and all of her um, medicinal research to help her friend, because that's all of what this is. She's like, what can I do while I'm not healing people to find a cure for my best friend? Yeah, yeah.
0: Meanwhile, Lynn is also pissed off that she can't get back into the palace to check on Cal. She's so annoyed by that. So Miriam and Lynn hatch a plot to get, um, her into the palace to see Cal with Antonetta because she, Miriam is Antonetta's dressmaker. It's all very complicated. Uh, but it's, it's so fun. Like, it's all very, like, secret clandestine. Like, they're sneaking in, like, watching. Oh my gosh. I wanna see the clothes. I know. I wanna see the clothes so bad. Oh my gosh. I can't I it just it has to be fantastic like it they just have to be amazing. Um, but I love that little interaction too, because Connor like shows up and he's like, What the fuck are you doing here? Like I told <laughs> you to leave. Like,
1: good God. It's not like when you thought it was convenient. <laughs> and this is oh, that's right, cause Antonetta and Lynn and um Kel are all in the same room Kel's like oh shit I got this message from the rat picker king and the rag pick I always say rat I don't know rag picker king and he's like trying to shove it down his shirt and he's like I'm not being graceful about this but Connor is so focused that Lynn is there he's like he he could have saw that but he's not looking at me at
0: all at all at all because he Connor and Lynn just have like such it's like electricity it's oh, it's, it's so good. good it's it's good it's good um yeah uh Cal Cal goes back to the black mansion and he's like what the what the fuck man like come on and this is where um uh the rag picker king starts to lay it out a little bit about Artel Gamont and this is where he's like yo Marcus sent me a letter that guard that died from the poison was my contact you need to be the contact now Go talk to the king and ask him what the fuck is going on. And Kel's like, what? (laughs) What? Really? Are you serious? Okay, fucking fine, I guess. And then he tries to figure out how to get to the king up in his astrology tower. Meanwhile, Connor's looking at a porn book,
1: (laughs) which I just (laughs) love. It was a custom one, I remember. He's like, oh, she has nice eyes. Because then he shows Cal, and Cal's like, she has kind eyes. And he's like,
0: why are you you looking at her eyes?" eyes? It's so funny. So, like, Cal Cal is, like, you know, back and forth to the Black Mansion. Um, Lynn is getting shot down by the Maharam to access books. Uh, And Orin is like, you fucking deserve that shit. Fuck him. And Maesh, though, is like, I'm proud of you for circumventing a royal order, not involving me, keeping me the fuck out of it, and getting up there. It shows a lot of determination, and I'm proud of you for that.
1: Yeah, and she—which it was— so unwarranted she wasn't expecting anything because this also plays into the fact where her grandfather talks to her later and it's like so i'm gonna have to retire soon and i'm gonna have to look for a replacement and i mean the type of person that i'm looking for is somebody who knows how to you know use their brain and think outside the box and you know get find a way to get into the palace without the guards like the exact situation and she's like me 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 you think I'm good enough, and she also has the existential crisis of like, but I spent all this time and hard work to be a physician in a, such a hard world, like I can't imagine doing this. And in my head, I was like, Why do you have to choose? Do both. Yeah, do both.
0: Do both. <laughs> do both. Um, Cal, Cal, Marin, Jared poisoning each other poisoning everybody at (laughs) the noodle shop
1: so funny so funny i love it because they're just like they were like how do you know if yours isn't poison he goes oh mine has poison he's like he and he this is he's committing to the bit finally he decides to commit to the bit and you're like you didn't know if it wasn't if it wasn't gonna work they're like i didn't know but i just wanted to show like how far i was willing to go
0: yeah, and I brought the poisoner. So, like, you know, if it went really wrong, he was right here. So, you know, and there's it's that.
1: This that leads him to he's like, Ah, oh, Marin's so hot. I'm gonna kiss him right now.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> kiss him. Oh, I'm
1: gonna kiss him. Um, but first, like Marin
0: drops a little bit more lore, right? Like his father unalived himself in prison. All these little you know, Artel, Artel, I'm gonna kill artel That's Marin's like, you know, thing. He wants to kill Artel Grammont. Um I, I just I just love this whole noodle shop thing. It's just it's just so funny, you know. Love Cal. But Cal then has to go home to bullshit of indoor archery and just like, what the fuck, man? Like, come on. And and I like how Cal gets annoyed at Connor for being like really frivolous with bets. Cause he's like, What do you, you owe ten thousand crowns? Why are you betting a hundred crowns on this? This is
1: fuck you, fuck you, Connor. Like that that's not right. I like that. That he got involved in. That's what it is. Yeah. Because, and it took, like, he, again, because Connor was taking everything into his own hands, continues to, to be like, oh, it'll be fine. I know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm going to try to, it's, it's that stupid thing where sometimes if you try to figure it out yourself without using the actual resources that you have, especially in his position, it's just going to be worse than if you like seek people out who have the actual experience. Yep.
0: World building. Uh, the ink and dye charter is Roberge's and they took the Cabral family to court uh, and they are rivals. And Falconet, there's a little conversation with Falconet, who has the spice charter with the Catani princess. And Cal is like, yo, why is was uh, Artel Grimant exiled? He's trying to figure it out. And Falconet says, oh, well, because he wouldn't marry Alice, the brothel owner. He uh just, you know, raped her instead. And then her father unalived himself due to the shame in prison. So that's why. That's why Marin wants to kill him. And Kel's like, oh yeah, yeah, that that that's fine. That checks out. That checks out. And then as Kel is like learning all of this, he gets a message from Lynn. Can this man chill for a second he gets a message from lynn who is like yo take me to the maze i need an escort to buy these shady books from these shady booksellers and they have like little dates where they just like i mean like very very platonic dates where they just like go off and like look at books and stuff it is very it's very cute it's very cute um but it's it's just like damn cal
1: deserves a little bit of a break he's gotta go all these fucking places he has not he is not even sleeping well while he's running around. So he this man is not rested.
0: No, not at all. And then like uh when Lynn is in the maze, she sees Oren, and like what the fuck? So he kisses, you know, it's very good trope. Kisses for oh, distraction. I love a
1: kiss or like a, a hidden uh, kiss or like the kiss to hide. That whole trope. We love it. It's so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But he's also having the internal dialogue. We talked about this before the episode, before we started recording, where he's just like, I gotta stop kissing people. I'm kissing people. I'm kissing Zilla. I'm kissing Marin. Now I'm kissing, uh, now I'm, I'm kissing Lynn. Like, I need to chill. It's like, God, I, I need to stop. I need to stop. Oh, it's so
0: funny. But then, again, Kel cannot catch a break because as he is escorting <gasps> Lynn like, through the maze, <laughs> yes. Jared comes out. And Jared is like, yo, that appointment you wanted with Beck that you poisoned me for is fucking now, my guy. And Kel's
1: like, God damn Well, and he goes, I can't leave my friend. Like, she, yeah. there's a reason I'm here with her. I can't leave her. Can she come? And they're like, no. And then they were like, well, then you need to figure it out. It has to be a different time. And they were like, how about we offer her an escorted carriage back to her place? And he looks at her. She says, it's fine. And then they go off. They go to um, they go to see Beck and Beck. And he says, like, he's like, oh, I want to talk about that 10K that my prince owes you. And Beck goes, yeah, uh, not sure if you know, but he already paid that off. We're good. Oh, I guess he didn't tell you that, baby. Yeah, he's like Sarthian gold, Sarthian gold. So he's like, oh, I guess I guess you didn't hear that. And And, you know, and again, this is just a lie better trope that I say trope. It's our trope on the podcast where we just say lie better where he's like, oh, I guess you didn't know. He could have been like, oh, I've been out all day. I'm I haven't busy. seen like like I've been doing. I have not spoken to my prince yet. I just never understand why we don't lie better. But here we are. Um, and then he goes. But then, fair Connor, or I'm sorry, Cal is like. So what do you need me for? Like I I got nothing for you. I'm I'm gonna dip. And he goes. I'm actually really intrigued with who you are as a person and how do you get out of these situations. blah blah blah. blah, blah. And and you know. Connor or Kel says no and he go and then Beck goes well then why are you here I don't know you asked me here you all you knew all the information I don't even want to be here yeah and then but then Prosser Beck is
0: like yo 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 so- but like but like but like why don't you give me Antonetta's locket? Oh, there's yeah. There's information in Antonetta's locket
1: that, you know, you should know you could protect her like you want to protect her. Right. Like get that. Oh, get that I, for oh, me. And what was it? If you give me Antoinette, um, I'll give you the I'll give you the leak. I'll give you the I'll give you the the palace leak. The, who's funding me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he goes and then you, I won't have to split it with anybody because, you know, at least Kel is like, OK, but what's what is all what's in it for you? Cause I'm not getting anything out of this, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For real. For real. So they, they come to an agreement, you know, you know, but, uh, and then Cal
1: doesn't get a break and has to go to a fucking state dinner that turns out to be <laughs> awkward as Holy shit. Holy fuck. Who knew that Did you, like, is this a trope that we like? We loved the, the dinner, the, the politics dinner in Akawar. This might, yeah. cause shit fucking goes down here
0: also. I do like the story about the murderous princess. That's Gian.
1: Love it. Love that. <sighs> I, I, it's right here. And she's she's going to be fun to get for her backstory to unravel, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we have
0: a little bit of background about the, I would say, extermination of the Ashgar in uh, Melgazi. Yeah. And they say, like, they're evil. Like, they
1: spread disease. Oh, was- and
0: Connor's like, no, 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 no. Stop that bullshit.
1: Which was nice. The, the politics that are in here is so heavily equated to our politics now that it's like, it's, and, and I don't want to say in a good way because obviously it's not good, but I hope that people can make those references to be like, no, this is wrong. All about this is like wrong and disgusting. And the things that you're saying are terrible. It's terrible. She's like, you know, we are free of sin. Magic is
0: sin. We're free of Ashgar. Ashgar, are evil. They have no souls. All of all, all of this stuff. All of this stuff. But while all of that terrible stuff is happening, Marcus and Faustin appear. And he's just like, he's just like comes in. He's like, I know my duty. And I was like, what the fuck? He just, everybody. It was a full like, what is he doing here? Yeah. Because 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 it was like. What what are you talking about? This debt has to be paid. And Connor's like, yo, 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 what, what? I haven't said shit yet. I haven't oh, I even said it yet.
1: And then that's, but that's also where Kel's like, oh shit. I said, I said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. He's like,
0: what, what, what? Uh, but the king, king goes on. King's like, yo, Connor, you're already promised to Elisabeth. I've seen it in the stars, right? You have to unite the bloodlines.
1: But this part is where I would be so, I would be with like the charter families. I, I just got like, you pulled my chain on this whole thing. You led us all on this wild goose chase, leading us to believe that we were actual contenders, but you had everything. Lined up, but here comes with the miscommunication trope, you know, in a way. Nobody talked to anybody. This whole arrangement was made before Connor was even born. So because you didn't tell anybody, Connor left to his own devices, made his own shit, made his own arrangement with the Sar, Sar- I was going to say Sardathian. I don't have no idea Sar- <laughs> where that came from. Um, with the, the kingdom of Sarth and, So now everything's imploding at the table because Connor did his own thing. The king had his own thing. Nobody talked or shared anything with everybody. And all the Charter families are like, what the fuck? You're a liar. You're a traitor. This is going to be war. How the hell do you not know what's going on between your own fucking family? And that leaves to the external perception of, oh, House Aurelian is like, imploding from the inside
0: yes and it doesn't help that marcus uh the king uh marcus aurelius it's very roman very you know academic it's very roman uh he sends faustin you know to prison he's like you know uh you were sure you promised me like you betray all all this stuff you know you lied you tried to cage me ah was any of it true to the trick to the trick um so that's where faustin goes and then the king grabs connor and this is where the king orders Jolivet to whip the fuck out of connor which he does he does but it is before that though connor says like yo i'm married i engaged myself to sarth Ten thousand, you know ten thousand crowns sarthian gold the dowry was paid in advance and that's when cal is like fuck 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 um but then like Jolive whips him and then there's somebody at the gates for Lynn she can't sleep either like so you know and and Cal is distraught and he is like begging Lynn to go help Connor because you know all of their history Connor yelled
1: at all of that stuff and once again she's saying like I'm not like (laughs) this is the third time I'm not welcome back I was banned again he goes this isn't just me asking and begging this is the queen the queen is asking for you yeah, and the queen,
0: you know, uh, she has two conditions. She does not want the wounds to get infected, and she does not want them to scar too badly. Like, she keeps saying
1: that. Yeah, minimal scarring, because... Yeah, and
0: Lynn is like, it's gonna scar, like... <laughs> It's, it's bad. Like, it's bad. But the queen's also like, you're a woman. It pleases me. Like, you worked, just like you said, you worked twice as hard to get here. The queen respects Asgari physicians. So there's a bowl of water because Ashgari physicians are the only ones that wash their hands. Oh, my God. Oh. Um,
1: ah, like, so I was, like, gagging the fact that nobody else is washing their hands.
0: Ugh. So she washes her hands and she gets to work and she uses the stone um, eventually to heal Connor, you know, not immediately, but she does. Um, but this is where we have this, uh, really intimate scene between Connor and Lynn. He like confesses about the, the debt and it like, um, like how he was being blackmailed by Prosper Beck about how he had to poison the guard and he asked him to kill his horse and he wouldn't. And, you know, he feels so stupid. And he wants, he doesn't want, uh, the morphia
1: because he wants to feel, the pain to stay angry, which like I get that it's 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 almost like in a different way on an emotional track when you're like in in your, in a deep depression or emotional sad state and you're like I'm gonna listen to more sad music to make me more sad. Um, I get that, and I think that it's also interesting. Um, where when she's divulging or he's I'm sorry, he Connor is divulging all this information to Lynn, it's. There, there's a vulnerability there, even to the point where he asks her to stay the night, knowing full well that he's like, nobody's ever stayed in here aside from um, Kel. So like, yeah, you can you can stay.
0: And this is where Lynn tells him about her want for Casmuna's book. And so he, and he remembers that and he tracks it down for her later. Uh, this is where, dr- uh, Lynn has her dream about being in the cave with the prophecy and she's a man and there's like gold lights and she's like reaching into, into the burning, but she's blind. It's this whole thing. It's very good. It's very good. Um, Kel, <laughs> Kel, who is sent out by the queen, wakes up, goes into the room, finds Lynn sleeping, which of course she's allowed to sleep. Um, but then Connor's not in his bed. He is completely healed. No scars, no nothing. There's your magic.
1: Yeah, there's our magic. There's our talisman. And that's like our our signifier for us, the reader. And they have a little pact amongst the three of them. They're like, what the fuck happened? So they even keep wrapping him under like for others to have this false pretense that he's healing when he really is already healed.
0: And they say that he, like, kept that up for a couple couple days, but people were like, mm, and then he just took it off and nobody questioned it after that.
1: <laughs> it's like, okay. This, he was walking uh, he, really stiff.
0: <laughs> here now is the arrival of the Sarthian princess and it is from this moment on, it's the backslide of the book, it is this moment on that everything goes to shit. Everything goes to shit from here on out. And arguably it's
1: SARS fault. SARS yeah. did not have to do this. No, they did it because they were just pissed with how everything happened at dinner the night before, even though, and I think that's like what was like really sitting with Connor and fam. is just like, yeah, we like made the ar- arrangement and everything, but we're, we didn't screw anybody over. Yeah, it was all in good faith. Like, we're gonna go through with
0: it. Like why are you why are you doing this? Like you are making this worse, Sarth, by sending a like a twelve-year-old yeah. little girl
1: in the place of her twenty-year-old sister. Yeah, they had the same name. They well, the sister has like this the, the little sister's middle name is the same name as her older sister's first name. But they were like, We didn't say which one we would send. So this Technically qualify like uh, aligns with the contract because even from um, Connor's side, everybody's like, well, maybe there was like a death in the family, maybe she got really sick, maybe she got pregnant, and you know, they're 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 thinking of like maybe there was something in the contract that we don't know what happened with the older princess of Sarth yet, and they were, but then Sarth just comes out and said it. We didn't say which one, so you got essentially to them, um, the less valuable one, valuable one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, like, she's escorted. She's a little girl, Louisa. She's 12. She's escorted by the Black Guard, which is, like, an elite assassin. So, you know, very good, very good. Uh, it's an insult. And everybody's, like, out there in the open. And it's like, what do we fucking do? And Kel, Kel just, like, zooms in over there. And Kel's like, yo, Connor, like, do this, do this. While Antonetta is telling all the nobles, like, he, it's all how he receives her.
1: Like, this is all politics now. All eyes are on him, on how. And it also sets him up because he is the prince, which means he's next in line. Because we even have a note from in, in the previous chapter from Queen Lilibet, who is Connor's mom, who's like giving advice to Lynn, who she goes, if you do ever have kids, have more than one. So it's like the heir and the spare. But there is no spare. So it's just Connor. And here they are like they're this is our it's connor and that's it so how he acts is going to set himself up for how he would you know handle being a king yeah
0: yeah and he does he accepts her he accepts her but then he goes over to senator Odessa and he's like you bitch what did you do what the fu- what did yeah. you do because like come on um cal has a meeting with the Ragpicker king and
1: he's just like you know here's here's some information but like i don't have a lot (laughs) you know what i thought was funny with this part like he was beckoned by the ragpicker king and he's like "I do you see this shit going down i can't leave and then they were like good thing you don't have to he's right around the corner in his carriage he's like of course he is like you just of course imagine you just imagine kel just like (gasps) like just flailing his arms just like an exasperation all the time (laughs)
0: Yeah, because then the red picker king is like, yo, uh Grumont's having shady meetings in the maze. Like, you know, that's that's important. Maybe you should uh look in look into that. He's like fuck me. Why do I have to do ev- like, everything? Everything. <laughs> everything. I have to do everything. Good lord. Um but here we have a uh, Lynn. We switch over to Lynn, you know, Lynn. Uh she wakes up in the black mansion. Uh, her stone has no life. It has no life after healing Connor. She's very sad about it. Um, and then this is where Lynn finds out about the Sarthian princess, about what happened. And she hears, she hears our black powder man coming to bitch a little bit about, Where's my gunpowder, my guy? I'm blowing up the harbor on Ascension Day.
1: Ascension Day, Ascension Day at 12 midnight. It's in four days. Don't we yeah. have, yeah, we have a timeline now. Now we're about four days out.
0: Yep. So it's been, what three and three and a half, half weeks.
1: Yeah, three and a half weeks. Yeah.
0: Three and a half weeks. Here we go. Um, so now Jess, this is the part where Kel goes to talk to Faustin and impersonates Connor to do it. And he
1: believes him the whole time. He knows that he is he, as in Fauston, knows that or believes that Kel is Connor. Yes, he absolutely does. And he just starts like, hey,
0: because, you know, we had to engage you to Irene's daughter because your blood. It's in your blood. Your blood is the prize. That's why we let your father live. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, You know, you're in danger. What danger? Your sword catcher will betray you. Kel's like, whoa, whoa. What do you
1: meet? Elaborate, please. Yeah, exactly. Because again, Kel is because he has this talisman on. Anytime he wears this pe- talisman, he is perceived by others that he is uh, he is Connor. So Kel's diving deep. He's like, and he's fighting, fighting for himself via looking like Connor, being like, I would never do that. He's saying like he would never do that to me. Like he is my most trusted person, and he goes he is till you till like you kind of fuck up and leave it leave him no other choice to go this other route
0: yep it's like hmm interesting interesting um, yeah and it's like you are going to hate and you're going to envy your sword catcher and he's going to do something and it's just going to be too much and you two are just gonna and uh i hate i i hate that for kel to have in the back of his head because that's just going to drive him like nuts and right
1: exactly because it's going to you're going to uh harp on every single interaction and altercation
0: let's let's harp on this interaction we have a redhead that has to do a solo dance this is very this is very shadow hunters this is very chains in Shadowhunters. um i i this party obviously is terrible. Obviously it's a terrible party meant
1: to humiliate Louisa. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's awful because I mean, for many reasons, it's 12. She's, she's 12. They're mocking her. They're, you know, like, Oh, well, what, what do you want your chambers to look like? We kind of decorated them with a different age in mind. Let's go find some toys. Meanwhile, her family is just staring her down to, hope to God she doesn't go to her um her her bodyguard to em- to to emphasize how young she is because they know they fucked up and the whole point the whole time you have Connor and Cal and everyone's just like they're the ones who fucked up. Why do we have to watch how we're acting? They should be embarrassed. This is a reflection on them. But of course you have somebody talent saying like Louisa like Dance! Dance for us! You're entertainment! And Lynn shows up to this party. She's, and Miriam is like one of the dressmakers of the kingdom. Like, if anything, she's the dressmaker. And Antonetta's there. She's looking all like, I'm not talking to my mom anymore. Like, I can wear whatever the fuck I want. What's up? up? Like, corset A. And everyone's like, ooh, Antonetta, what's up? She's not, her mom's not here, clearly. And then you have Lynn, who's just like another bell-of-the-ball situation. She's like, my my grandfather was here. He was kind of showing me off to say like, oh, here's what life would be like if you were in this role that I'm in. She's like, This is fucking bullshit. I'm out. But everybody is also wanting Lynn. And Lynn is over people making, you know, mocking Louisa. And she's like, I'll do the dance. I'll do the dance. I'll stand like because y'all are fucked up. And I never want to see y'all after this.
0: Yeah, and she does the dance. It's amazing. Of course, she uses the fan. It's fantastic. And she, like, throws it back at Connor. She's like, are you not entertained? And then Connor, I love this, chases her down. He, like, she, she chases her down. And he's like, you know, the hill ruins things. You're a liar. You shouldn't be here. Like, I don't want you. And then he kisses her, and it's this passionate thing. And Lynn later is like, yo, I would have let him take me up against a wall. I was in it. I was in it. <laughs> she's real for that yeah (laughs) she's real for that she's real for that but then but then connor like pushes her away and he's like i must be too drunk like why would i do this like and that really hurts lynn obviously um but connor has feelings connor is struggling with his feelings
1: connor is so struggling because it's always he's he doesn't Get it? He, she has been infuriating him since they first met. So this is like, what is this? And everybody, like the reader, is like, enemies to lovers.
0: Just tell me about this scene of Antonetta and Kel with the wine crates, with the locket. He steals this locket. They have this. Uh, this is the reveal where she is
1: um, sword fighting. So. Antonetta, she she's she's basically like it's. I want to say her ribcage, maybe it's her back, um, but she's in pain, and we find that Kel is like, "Why are you in pain?" And she says she kind of shares with him that like, "Hey, remember when we were, you know, kids and we used to do this sword fighting thing? Like you probably don't remember, but uh, yeah, I still do it. Um, my mom knows nothing about it. I'm not so great, and I, um, kind of swiped at myself, so." They undo, I don't want to say they undo her bodice, but he's like, we have to bandage it. We need to clean it. We need to make sure it doesn't heal with infection. Um, and it's just like, it's this small thing of them recognizing um, where they were in like how far they've come, where they are now, and um, just like this intimate moment between with the healing process or at least like him trying to get her cleaned up.
0: Uh, the wine crates that they are leaning against are the same ones that are in Beck's little warehouse. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that this, I believe they're in Robert's house here. Yes. The ink, the dye charter house. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, Cal steals the locket and opens it up and sees
1: that ring. Yeah. That's just like, does Beck know that this was just a ring? No, I, see. It's unclear. We don't have confirmation, right? No, it, it it's un. It's just very unclear. It's, it's just very like unclear. it's something special. It was something special to her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so, after after this very sweet little moment between the two of them, I really am looking forward to the rest of their relationship. It has to be something. Uh, Sardou comes out and is like, yo, Kel, I need to talk to you. Fucking give him a break. Uh, and he's like, yo. This one has not like, rested at
1: all, this one. At
0: all no uh sardu is like we should talk to end this marriage right we should end this marriage and kel is like no back the fuck up i'm not in this not in this meanwhile there's a riot that they're all looking at when he goes back in the room they're all everyone's looking over the balcony death to sarth death to sarth and then the kicker to all of this is the next morning um Connor or Kel wakes up and Scylla is in the room. Connor took a red headed escort to bed. He just can't get over. He can't get over Lynn. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like Scylla. Yeah, I like Scylla too. She's very, she's very good. She's very good. Uh, Connor, though, steps out and he's like, hey, like, I gotta go. I have an appointment in the city. I got something to do. I got something to do. Meanwhile, tomorrow... Is Ascension Day. So, like, days have passed, days have passed. Uh, Connor's errand is to go to Lynn's house and just fuck up her whole life, essentially. Uh, he shows up at her house in the middle of the salt, crown on, right? Like, hell, hello. Um, and he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm here because, like, I just want to tell you that the kiss didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. And Lynn is like, in, in her feet are bare like her shit is everywhere in her house she's like leaning up against the mantle she's like you didn't come all the way just to tell me that what the fuck do you want my guy
1: <laughs> i like her i like lynn i can't yeah. i just i, I mean in all of these characters what a fun way to introduce everybody that you want more of everybody too you do you do want more of everybody here because he gives her Casmuna's book
0: and she's like how did what? You were like delirious. You were on pain meds. You'd just been whipped. How did you remember this? You're the one that's been, I've been looking for it, but you've had it this whole time. Oh my God. He's like, you're like a, you're like a debt. You're like a sickness. You're like a fever. I can't get rid of you. Like you're just, you, you're just taking over. Everything, everything someone wants to hear. Yeah. I'd be like slay. Yeah, of course, obviously. (laughs) But she, she is like, Whoa. Okay, whoa.
1: All right. And poor Connor. Connor does poor this Connor. a lot Ooh. though because he was he's he he loves a drunken speech. He loves a drunken yeah. speech.
0: <laughs> oh, he does. He absolutely loves a drunken speech. He also loves uh shitting on Oren,
1: which he does. He's
0: like, did his dog just die? Rightfully he's a miserable so, because Oren
1: is a piece of shit from the beginning to the end. He's like, you like how dare you a woman know how to read? <laughs> Yeah, like, rah, rah. Your grandfather put these thoughts in your head to have ideas. How dare you, a woman? You've you you uh. you've strayed on the wrong path. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? You're awful. Uh, this
0: visit to Lynn's house sets off her books being taken and confiscated by the Maharam. It sets off the speech. you just said, um, Jess, that orin gives her it's just it's just so annoying and and i i I love it um because because maesh comes in and he's like yo the exalark you want to call the exalark over some fucking books the prince is so stupid he did not have any idea what he was actually giving her like come on connor connor Knew what this book was. Come on. Lynn had no idea. I love the gaslighting that Mayesh is doing to like stick up for her. I love it so much. But then Mayesh drops a line that I was just like... Mayesh goes, Lynn, Connor is dangerous. He's He doesn't even know he's dangerous. He doesn't even realize he's dangerous. In all of these ways, he is so dangerous. And, uh, and then all of Lynn's books are confiscated. And she cannot... Use any of the knowledge to heal Miriam, which she had been doing. She had been using, reading the book, and had significantly healed Miriam enough for her to attend the Goddess Festival. Festival, yes. Um, but while that happened, Cal uh, met up with Jared again, and Jared was like, "Yo, he's gone. Prosperbeck is gone. I don't know where he is." is your guy hiring? Cause like, fuck, but I had a message. The message is uh blood will be drawn on the hill. Cal, watch your, watch your ass. I'll be back.
1: That's what I'll was. be
0: back. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. Oh, uh, whatever. Um, so then Cal goes to the black mansion. And he's like, fuck, fuck all of you. Fuck all of you. Fuck all of you. And while he's doing that and going back to the palace, he sees King Marcus, uh, just, fucking chuck faustin off the side of the cliff and get eaten by crocodiles and that fucks him up pretty
1: badly i would say i mean i if anytime we've i think anybody would witness something like that would fuck a lot of people up
0: yeah for real for real uh here we are now we are almost done we are on ascension day lynn is plotting lynn has plots on ascension day while she's getting ready like she's like hmm we all have to say that we're not the goddess. I'm plotting. I want my books. I'm plotting. I love it. I love it. Uh, meanwhile, Connor um, comes back to the salt and he's, he's very upset by this. And this is where Connor is like, look, is there any medicine to treat madness? Like, is there anything going on? Like what can be done? Um, and this is also, this is also where he's like, I can't forget you. I'm cursed to only think about you. And this is where Lynn is like, I think you're a broken person.
1: And I was just like, I, how yo, like, I love, like, I feel like it's so rare to have that right out. For, like, in a first book, mind you. In a first book where the character is called out like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know what? Like, I don't think it's your fault. But, like, I don't want anything to do with this. You got a lot of
1: shit you got to take care of. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Connor is so hurt. He He's like, get out. And she's like, I'm ready to. I'm ready to. Like, whatever. Because she steps out to a note. All these notes that says, like, stay away from the harbor. And she's like, ah, scheming. I will scheme. I love Connor's note because, you know, Lynn has her note that says stay away from the the harbor. And then uh, Connor's note to the queen that Kel has to deal with is... um I I heard that there's orgies. I'm gonna go check out what orgies are. I don't want to go to this like fuck this, fuck you, fuck this. I'm out kind of situation. And the the queen and Mayesh and and um, uh, Jaleve are looking at Kel like, all right, you know the deal. Kel's like, fuck, fuck, because like the king can't know that Connor's not there because it's gonna be a whole fucking thing. It's 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 gonna be big. So we have like this this whole party cuz it's a, it's a party yeah. and so falcon a so kel is kel is as connor and that's just important to know from here from here until they switch so falcon a wants to talk to connor in the forest, Antonetta wants to talk to Connor (laughs) in the forest. Antonetta is like, yo, she's not wearing her locket, which Kel realizes. Um, And this is where Antonetta is like, my mother wants me to marry Artel Gramont. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, come on, Connor. Like, can you help me here? Don't try to kiss me. You know how I feel. You know how I know how you feel. Let's not be silly. What the fuck? Like, help me. I want the Silk Charter. I want independence. Like,
1: I don't want to marry anybody else. Come on. Yeah, it was always about... Because even for her, for the long game, this is what we were talking about in the beginning of, In the beginning of the episode, was it was never about marrying. Like, her mother always wanted her to marry the prince. She, she always wanted her to marry Connor. But she just wanted her silk charter. She didn't want anything else. And she knew it wouldn't be hers because whoever she married, it would become her husband. But she know, knew the only way to supersede that was through a command of the king slash prince. Yep. Yep. Uh,
0: Falcon A, so that, that was the Antonetta meeting. The Falcon A meeting is he wants to apologize to Connor for the Luisa party. He had no idea. And he says, like, I'm loyal to you. It's like an emphasis, like, I'm loyal to you. And Kel, as Connor, is like, okay. And, again, Gramat comes up. Kel's like, fuck. And he's like, can we speak alone? And Kel, as Connor, is like, no. No. Not right now. Not right now. Um, But then this is where he learns a little bit, like, oh, like, Artel Grammat is in Kitani. He'll be back in a few weeks. Like, you know, whatever. Like, do you trust me? We trust each other. And Kel's like, no. No, not at all. Um, But here's where Connor walks in drunk off his ass. Of course. Of course. Of course, it's very Dorian. It's
1: very, it's, it's, it's very Cardin. I was going to say, you said that about Connor was that he reminded you very much of Dorian.
0: Yeah, because I I like this. Like, Connor's drunk off his ass. He comes in. He's like, "Cal, I forgot about you. I was leaving, but I can't leave you. Like, I'm so sorry. Switch back. And the the second that they switch back, there is a fucking attack. There's
1: an attack. And it's the Sars. This, and here's the thing here's the thing and, and we said it earlier again in the episode but the sarths are attacking but they're they start like uh, let me get my words together they are mad but they're the ones who started it all so what are you really like why are you starting the war you did it to yourself but this goes back to like what what sarth has in regards to like trade and stuff too like that's part of the impact like the bigger war picture yes
0: yes the bit yeah the that that whole the politics part of it
1: yeah it's the bigger war politics it's not just oh we were mad at dinner the other night so where it was just a contributing factor it's like and here's another reason that we're gonna start a war just everything keeps being amplified Yes, and as that is happening, uh,
0: Lynn is at the celebration. She's dancing with Oren, who smells acidic, you know. I-, I always found you when you're lost. This is that speech that we said earlier. Fuck him, fuck this guy, whatever. Um, so it is now, while while Lynn is dancing, because Lynn is, you know, at the celebration, it's 11.30, right? We have the timing now. It's 11.30. The ritual is about to begin. Lynn is scheming. Uh this is, we have, like, very sweet moments with Miriam and her, like, date or whatever, who's, like, friends with uh, Joseph. And he's like, he sends his love. He has a pet monkey. Lynn's like, what? What? Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Um, then – um lynn has to present herself in in front of uh the maharam and you know he has a celebration he has his staff it turns into flowers he's asking all the women are you the goddess and lynn is just like you know what yeah yeah
1: i am i was like yeah going, I, I was like running through the page like i was wanted to run to and they were like what what took you so long you had all this time to claim yeah, and Miriam's like, the goddess comes when she comes. Mariam and Chana's is the real like, one. why not her? Why
0: not her? It's like the women are hyping her <laughs> up. Like, she wasn't ready. Like, she's ready now. Let's go. Let's go. And the Maharam is like, well, come with me, goddess.
1: You know what it's giving? Um, Ianthe, Fera like, stealing the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so yeah, much.
0: Because Lynn is up there. She's like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. And everyone starts being like, fucking prove it. Like, the men are like, prove it, prove it. And Lynn is like, checking her watch. like,
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, because she knows about the timing for the explosion, which is like, Mm -hmm. I love that she's leaning into this, like, again, because magic doesn't, quote unquote, exist right now in book one. But we know, as the reader, based on the context clues that we've seen so far in- Book one, that no, she really is the goddess.
0: Yeah, that's our that's our girl. That's our girl. Uh meanwhile, Kel and Connor are fighting. Luisa is killed, like crossbow through the chest. Luisa is killed. Kel sees the assassin on the roof. Um, he goes after the assassin, catches them, says, like sword catcher, you ruined my plans.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know who the assassin is because even the assassin knew he was the no because like I was fucking laughing. hell like I was god like, damn, a damn it one.
0: <laughs> why does everybody know he's like you won't die tonight like you're standing on the threshold of history like this is the beginning of the fall like all all of this uh, meanwhile Vienne, who was Luisa's black guard kills all the attackers, and she goes after Connor. He's like, this is your fault. You did this. And Marcus ends up killing VN, catches the blade, like, right? like And Cal steps in, too. Like, that's, you know, it's all very
1: good. Cal steps in first because he was like, he's mm-hmm. trying to see eye to eye with her. He goes, look... I got to protect my guy. Just like you didn't do such a great job protecting yours. But yes. bygones, we get it. Like we can, we we understand and there's a respect there. And she goes, fuck that. And then Cal was in not a so great place. And Marcus shows out of nowhere and just like, whiff, P.N. Yeah. Which
0: is like, like good. Yeah. Good. Uh, Gr- Gramont is dying. He's like, trust no one. The gray serpent is coming. So Kel has to deal with that. Uh, they all, you know, fuck off. They get out of there. Uh, Connor's throwing up. Kel goes back to the. Kel starts to go back to the Black Mansion, and that's when Jolivet is like, "Yo, stop." Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. I know that you're going back to the Black Mansion. I saw that you saw that King Marcus killed uh, Faustin. From now on, everything that you do at the Black Mansion, you tell me. We are all now working together because, like, fuck,
1: fuck all of this. Because he's like, I might not like you, but, like, we got to work together yeah like it, it has to and like you know i don't like you also
0: <laughs> yeah and i also really love because the explosion has gone off at this point and we'll switch back to lynn in a second but the explosion has gone off and i love that jolive is like no 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 whatever the everybody thinks this is this is the gabriel revenge i know exactly what this is like fuck i'll go deal with this um so then jolive goes to deal with the explosion that has happened Kel goes and throws in with um, the Ragpicker King and everybody at the Black Mansion. We have a great deal of work to do. That's how the book ends. Let's flip back to Lynn. Just tell me what Lynn is doing.
1: What is Lynn doing?
0: Lynn is standing on the di- the dais. She's looking at her watch. Oren is
1: yelling, test her. Oh, and the explosion happens. Yeah, and she's like... Right? You want proof? You want proof? And then the explosion happens and everyone's like, ooh, ah, like, that, yeah. That's the dramatics of yeah. it all. <laughs> it's the dramatics
0: of it all. And it's like, kneel, kneel to the goddess elect. Like it illuminates the earth. It's all behind her. The sirens are going. The Maharam is now her enemy. Auron is now her enemy. It's just all. Ooh, and that's how that ends. Like the Exilarch is coming, and the Exilarch will be like the final uh I think rule on that. But this goes into the story of the uh sorcerer kings.
1: Which see, this is what we had we were discussing earlier. Prior to recording, were these excerpts? So between every chapter, there's like an excerpt, whether it's and it's really for like the historical religious text of sorts of the kingdoms and how they were to, how the gods were together and how they were divided. And even though I initially, again, only one read, um, was I was trying to apply these excerpts into the chapters, the way. Serpent in the Wings of Night does it as a foreshadowing of the chapter where I was like, I don't, because I had that in mind going into it, I was like, I don't see how they're necessarily aligning just yet. To which you had said you had disagreed because this is part of a bigger picture. It's part of the series. It's part of the history. It's part of recounting who Connor and, um... And Lynn are mirroring the story of the goddesses, the gods and goddesses. And
0: I I really, I really stand, I stand by that. I stand by that. I I think that's the case. Uh, So what, so what happened? Um, Magic existed. You had to have like an aptitude for it and you could also like kind of learn it. But then like adepts started to pop up and then they became the greatest magicians and they made themselves kings and queens, right? And then they uh, controlled who could learn magic. So only the university could do high magic. Everybody else did low magic. And then the kings and queens had their source stones. And then they became murderous and started to kill each other for ultimate power, except for uh, the kingdom of Aram, which is the um, Ashgar people that had a benevolent queen with uh, with Judah Maccabe as her advisor, and the Sorcerer Kings set out to seduce her to get her source stone to conquer her territory, and they sent Suleiman to do that. And then Suleiman and Odessa have their story, right?
1: And here we are. Yeah, and here we are.
0: And their story eventually is like, um, they they had a they were in love. He like went to betray her. She found out about it. He came to like have a last stand. She saved all of her people, the Ashgar. That's why they have magic. Um, She kills him. Maybe it's unclear. And then she throws her source stone and all of magic into the void. That's why there is no magic at all. And then she herself became a goddess. And that's who the Ashgari people worship that goddess. Um, And all, this is my point, all Exilarchs are descendants of Judo Makabe, who was ascended into the skies with the goddess at that point. And Judo Makabe's descendants will recognize this. You have such a
1: wonderful grasp on this because I got to a point where I was like, all right, I got to go back to these excerpts onto the next chapter. I knew that they were like important. It was probably around like chapter 20 where I was like, I need to finish reading this. Well, the soul of Judo Maccabe uh,
0: lives in all of the Exilarchs. So that soul will recognize the soul of the goddess. So now the Exilarch is coming down the gold roads, probably with Joseph.
1: Nope. Oh, 100%. They're coming back on that road.
0: Yeah. So uh, the Exilarch will come to the, uh, to the salt and see Lin with the Maharam. And her soul and his soul will recognize each other. And she will be confirmed as the goddess. This is my prediction
1: for the next book. I'm excited because now that we know that Cassie's calling it a series and not a trilogy like it initially was, it makes me wonder it like there has to be an immediate payoff for the second book. Like it's not gonna be like second book travel book. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. There was so much travel with this city in this book, poor Cal. I know, there were there really was a lot of travel. But like again, all like everything it's a long book it's over 600 pages it's over 20 something hours in the audio if you do it at speed like i think 23 hours um but it's all like it's world building it's world building it's relevant um laura did it take you a while to get into this because you went into it not knowing much like where like did you how did that work did you have to shift what was the at what point did you have to shift away from it if you thought it wasn't what you thought it was going to be good question uh i struggled with this book i struggled
0: to piece it together and make the connections until lynn Kel, and connor interacted then i was like oh okay this makes total sense because uh the narrator the female narrator is the same as the narrator for we hunt the flame oh so the voice and and and, be, and this book is I don't I don't want to compare but like it, it's kind of similar in like vibes I guess kind of a little bit uh, to the the city of brass so that story with the narrator from we hunt the flame with this story, it was all very like putting me in in a, in a place, right. A very specific place with the voice in and in everything. Um, so I had to separate that. And then I had to separate like, this isn't shadow hunters. I know, I know it's shadow hunters. Um, and also this, this is like supposed to be adult and uh, you know, I don't give a shit. It, it, it reads
1: neutral, I guess, to me. Neutral I think neutral is fair. I think people it's easy to say like it has to be one or the other. I think neutral is fair.
0: yeah because like there's no smut there's absolutely none there's like just a couple of kisses there's a whorehouse for a setting uh the characters are all 23 but you know they start off 10 but that's just for a little bit uh, I do think that there could I guess like new adult I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know um I enjoyed this book. Do you have a favorite part? No, I don't have a favorite part because I don't, I I need to see all of it together mm-hmm. because it's so politic heavy. Yeah. So like, I, I, I want to appreciate the plots fully, you know, like all of the political machinations fully before I can like point to it. I just will say that I really love the um, powerful women, the female friendship, the strong, like, identity being proud of like who you are and also these these
1: like silly boys being put in their place by all these people. <laughs> it's so fun. It really is a fun book. Anybody could pick it up, especially if you love fantasy, especially if you love politics. Even if you don't like if you're even if you're somebody who's like, "Oh, I have to have romance in everything that I read." I feel like you can still get a lot out of it because you can just see little connections even though it's not a focal point whatsoever. I still think anybody can read it.
0: Although, uh, you know, Reddit, Reddit, Reddit said that um, if you don't like Cassie Clare, then you just won't like this book because the writing is the same with the descriptions and, you know, everything is very rich. And uh, chapters are not necessarily broken down by POVs. The POVs like sometimes switch inside the chapter. And that is hard for people and a consistent criticism of Cassie Clare. So know that if you... Want to pick this up and you have just gotten it all spoiled and love us. So. <laughs>
1: Thanks. Well, yeah. And I think you bring up a good point with the POVs because if I was solely reading it, I, that POV switch is different. But if you're reading it through the audio, um, it's not a duet narrator, but there are two narrators. So for Lynn's POV, we have a female narrator. For Kel's POV, we have a male narrator. So when it switches up in the audio, you even if it's in the same chapter, you know you're in a separate POV. And whose POV? Yeah, you're in?
0: yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this book. I would recommend
1: it and i am very much looking forward to the second one which i believe is called the rag picker king. Yep, and that one's going to be out currently it says that it's going to be released in 2025. Um some of the research that i saw like on the sword catcher wiki site was that this book was initially supposed to come out in like spring 2021 and then it got pushed for variety of reasons. And here we are that it came out October 2023. Um, And yeah, I'm definitely going to do a reread. And yeah, I'm going to do a reread. I'm going to do a reread before I go to her meet and greet. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Let us know if you have any questions. Please feel feel free to follow us at ACAFE Podcast on Instagram. We're also both on TikTok, ACAFE Laura and Acafe Jessica. And we hope to talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.